So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 9th of June. It's the feast, the beautiful feast of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. My name is John Keeley, and again, a special welcome to our listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way today. Our listeners who support us in prayer each week, thank you so much indeed for spending this hour with us and for praying for us each week. Our programme has been broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and is available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at buzzsprout.com. So if you go to the buzzsprout.com website, you can search for come and see inspirations and you'll find us there. And also, uh, you can also hear a podcast of this programme and any other programme that we've, that we've we're produced here uh, and come and see inspirations and our blog at sacredspace102.blogspot.com. That's sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Talking about podcasts and people listening to our, our program, um, I've been in touch with Radio Maria in more recent times and they are going to set aside uh, two hours each week for um, broadcast of our programs from, from Come and See. We're not too sure about the times yet. We'll, we'll bring those to you um, as the time comes closer. It'll be within the next few weeks. Um, for instance, part two of our programme this week will include an interview with Father Seamus Enright, who is the rector of Mount St. Alphonsus Redemptist Monastery here in Limerick. Uh, Father Seamus shared with us this morning, or will share with us this morning, um, information on the upcoming novena. That indeed will be broadcast again and Radio Maria at some stage during the week. Just to just let people know about Radio Maria, it produces 24-7 Catholic radio broadcasting. Um, people might be interested for Daily Mass at 10am, Daily Rosie at 12.30pm and 5.30pm. There's chat shows, vocational stories, catechesis and loads of music. To tune in, well, you can go to Serview 210. So if you go onto your TV set... Just back one from RT1. Rather than go up to RT2, come back one, and there you'll find Radio Maria. Or you can get them online, which is www.radiomaria.ie. But I'll give you more information on that as time goes on. In the meantime, to welcome onto the programme this morning, people are going to help me to produce the programme. Lorraine Buckley, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. I'm very well. Thank you. How Thank, are you? Thanks a lot. I'm not too bad now at all. Thank you indeed for joining us. And of course, where would we go without our prayer guide? My, my dear lady wife, Anne. Good morning to you, Anne. Morning, John. Morning, listeners. And again, thanks a lot, you guys, for, for, for sharing with me each week this opportunity of sharing the good news with listeners. There's loads of them who feed back from time to time saying they, how much they enjoy the programming. One of the things they like, Lorraine, we might be able to go so much in detail this week, but one of the things we might be able to do, uh, but one of the things we do each week and they really like, is the Saints for the Week. Uh, now, you are going to share something with us this I am indeed. So, of course, on the 10th of June, we have Mary, Mother of the Church. We'll, of course, be hearing a lot more about uh, the role of Mary in the second part of our programme this morning, John. But on the 11th of February 2018, the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments inscribed a new obligatory memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary under the title of Mary, Mother of the Church, into the general Roman calendar. In other words, it's a feast celebrated throughout the world on the 11th, um, on the 10th of June, I beg your pardon. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason Pope Francis decided to institute this new memorial was to encourage the maternal sense of the church. The church is our mother and in genuine Marian piety. So, as I said, we'll hear a lot more about that from Father Seamus Enright in the second part of our programme. On the 11th of June, then, we have St. Barnabas, the Apostle. We don't know too much about Barnabas except for um, from the New Testament. He was a Jew born in Cyprus named Joseph. He sold his property and gave the proceeds to the Apostles, who gave him the name Barnabas and lived in common with the earliest converts to Christianity in Jerusalem. Did he accompany Paul on his mission? He certainly did. The only reason why I know that, I was, <laughs> I was listening to Father Luke and McNamara in the more recent weeks and he told us about Luke and Barnabas. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Uh, tradition has Barnabas uh, preaching in Alexandrian Rome. Uh, he has, tradition has also got him as the founder of the Cypriot Church, as Bishop of Milan, which he wasn't, unfortunately. And we believe that he was stoned to death at Salamis about the year 61. Mm-hmm. So on the 12th of June, we turn to more martyrs, the 108 blessed Polish martyrs. These are 108 martyrs of World War II, also known as the 108 blessed Polish martyrs, who were Roman Catholics from Poland killed during the Second World War by the Nazis. They were beatified on the 13th of June in 1999 by Pope John Paul II and the group comprised of three bishops, 52 priests, 26 members of male religious orders, three seminarians, eight religious sisters and nine lay people. And of course, as we know, Christians and Catholics are being martyred still today. So we pray for everybody who has been persecuted because of their faith. On the 13th of June, we have a very popular saint, I'm sure, St. Anthony of Padua. Um, The Franciscans have been celebrating um, the novena to St. Anthony. Mm. I believe it's been taking place in St. John's Cathedral in Limerick as well. Uh, St. Anthony, of course, was born in Lisbon in Portugal, born into quite a wealthy family and at the age of 15 asked to be sent uh, to the Abbey of Santa Cruz in Coimbra. Uh, which was then the capital of Portugal, to do his studies. Mm -hmm. Um, Anthony then requested to join the Franciscan friars. He felt a deep longing to join them. And when he was admitted, he changed his name to Anthony. Now, most of us know St. Anthony as the patron saint uh, for lost articles. The reason for this, of course, is that in 1224, Francis entrusted his friars' pursuit of studies to Anthony. Anthony had a book of Psalms that contained notes and comments to help when teaching students and in a time when a printing press was not invented, he greatly valued it. When a novice decided to leave the hermitage, he stole Anthony's valuable book. When Anthony discovered it was missing, he prayed it would be found and returned to him. The thief did return the book and in an extra step, returned to the order as well. Thanks be to God. The book is said to be preserved in the Franciscan Friary in Bologna today. On the 14th of June, we have St. Davnet. St. Davnet lived and died at Schlievbjog in the parish of T. Davnet, or Tignavnet, meaning the House of Davnet in County Monaghan. Tradition speaks of her as a virgin who in the 6th century founded a church or monastery in the area. A 10th century ornamental pilgrim staff, uh, the staff of Davnet, said to have been hers, is on display in the National Museum. And finally, on June 15th, we have St. Abraham. Abraham was a hermit and confessor born near the Euphrates River in modern Iraq. While travelling to Egypt to visit monastic communities, Abraham was taken prisoner by bandits and held as a slave for five years. He escaped and made his way to Gaul, 
where he became a hermit. He was recognised for his holiness and was ordained a priest and became the abbot of St. Assyricus Abbey. So really two big saints, um, St. Barnabas on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But Thursday is a favourite with a lot of Irish and a lot, a lot of our listeners, no doubt. Exactly. And I think that I think there's some, I think there's something about people bringing lilies. Oh, into, absolutely! You can bring your lilies in to have them blessed. No doubt, it'll be in St John's. Sorry about that, St John's. If you're not doing <laughs> it, but anyway, that's what <laughs> I'm might be now. Okay, at this part of the program, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners who who can't get to mass uh, this morning, maybe during the week, and have done over the years. Um, they, they, they prayed for their families they prayed for themselves but now they can't get to Mass but there's a spiritual communal prayer that we try to help them out with every morning here and the programme and Anne's going to share that with us this morning now thanks Anne my Jesus I desire to receive you into my soul since I now cannot receive you sacramentally come spiritually into my soul I embrace you as already there I unite myself wholly to you Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we go for our first bit of music. And this being Pentecost Sunday, beautiful piece of music um, I've chosen, which I know I've played once or twice before. It's entitled Holy Spirit, Come Fill This Place, and it's by Cecil Williams. So let's say this.
So welcome back again to Common Sea Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. This time of the year, it's a delight for me to welcome back onto the programme again a good friend of the programme from Mount St. Alphonsus Redemptus Monastery in Limerick City, uh, Father Seamus Enright, Director. How are, how are you, Father Seamus? John, I'm very well, and I'm grateful to you for having me back on the programme. Thank you very much indeed for coming on every year to give uh, to give people some inspirational uh, thoughts uh, and maybe their preparation for coming to the novena, which is taking place again this year. But maybe before that, a lot of people might want to know uh, the, sh- the 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 novena is for a lady of perpetual help, and a that's lady health, yeah. and that's connected with the icon. Can you tell us a little bit about the history and the story with the icon of a lady yeah. of perpetual help, please? I mean, the origins of the icon are obscure. We know that it was came from the island of Crete. That it was stolen by a Roman businessman, a Roman merchant, who on his deathbed repented of the theft asked his wife to put it in a church. Um, She promised she would, but then she didn't. But eventually she relented. And we're fairly clear about the history from 1499 onwards, because on the 27th of March in the year 1499, the icon was placed in in that church of St. Matthew in Rome. And And actually at one stage in its history, that church was in the care of the Irish Augustinians, who, of course, at the time had fled from persecution in Ireland and had established a seminary in Rome and and a priory there. And they had charge of the icon from 1739 until 1798. And then in 1798, the revolutionary French armies invaded Rome. They destroyed the church of St. Matthew. The Augustinians fled to another church. They took the icon with them, And once more, the icon vanishes from view because the Augustinians placed it in their private oratory rather than in a public church. And it was there until the middle of the 1860s when it was given into the care of the Redemptress. Because by this time, the Redemptress had built a church in Rome, St. Alfonso, on the Via Merilana, very close to the site of the old St. Matthew's Church that had been destroyed and where the icon had been venerated. And they they got wind, really, of the icon. People said to them, oh, there used to be a church here and there was an icon in it and the icon has vanished. And then a young redemptorist, Roman redemptorist, remembered that when he was a boy, he used to serve Mass in the Augustinian Church and an old brother there took him upstairs once um, to the oratory and showed him the icon and lamented the fact that the icon was now hidden from public veneration. So he mentioned it to our superior general, who approached the Pope, who approached the Augustinians, and suggested, um, that's putting it mildly, I think, but suggested to the Augustinians that they transfer the icon to the Redemption. So it's been venerated in our church of San Alfonso on the Via Marilana in Rome, since 1866. Pope gave the icon to us. He gave us a mandate. I think we're probably the only religious congregation with a specifically Marian mandate from the Holy See. He asked us to make Mary known throughout the world as the mother of perpetual help. And we've been doing our best to be faithful to that mandate ever since. So in 1867, at the very tail end of 1867, a copy of the icon came to Mount St. Alphonsus. That's the icon that we venerate in the church now. 
It was the first copy of the icon to come to Ireland, so it's from Limerick that the devotion spread around the country. And then in 1868, the men of the confraternity in Limerick decided to build a shrine to house the icon. So that shrine was built in 1868-1869. So this year, on the 15th of August, we'll be celebrating the 150th anniversary, not of devotion to the icon in Limerick, because that's a little bit longer, but we'll be celebrating the 150th anniversary of the build, of the dedication of our beautiful shrine. Thanks for that, Father Seamus. And, and, and as best you can, can you give me a little bit of a description of, of the icon? I know there's a lady perpetual... Well, I, I, I'd be very surprised if most people don't know it, because it's probably the most popular image in Ireland, but it's an icon of, our, of the Mother of Sorrows and Mary holds the child Jesus in her arms. Um, The angels carry the instruments of the passion, giving us a hint as to what the future of the child is. And people who know the icon are always drawn towards the eyes because Mary's eyes look at us. And I think through her eyes, she draws us into the story of Jesus. And then, of course, with her finger, she points towards Jesus because that's what Mary does, isn't it? She always points us towards Jesus, um, I suppose echoing her words from St. John's Gospel from the wedding feast at Cana, um, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. How long has the, has the novena been taking place in Limerick? How many years? The novena in its present shape has mm. been taking place since 1972, but the novena in some shape or other has been celebrated since the 1940s. And, of course, the devotion um, goes back into the 1860s. But the, the present solemn novena, as we call it, um, that format was developed by Father Vincent Kavna in, in 1972. Vincent did two things in 1972. He, as it were, repackaged and relaunched the novena in honour of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and he began the Redemptive Poor campaign, the Christmas Hamper Appeal. And, and both of those, thank God, go strong to this day. And, and we're indebted to Vincent Kavner for both of them. And I think that shows something as to how Vincent saw the faith. There was obviously the devotional side to the faith, the prayer side to the faith, and then there was the, was the justice side to the faith, the concern for others that's represented by the, by the hamper appeal at Christmas. So two, sides, two sides of the same coin. Mm. We mentioned uh, a few times here the word novena. Maybe you can explain yes. to some people who might, might know what a novena is, please. Well, it, it comes from the Latin word for nine. It's nine days of prayer, really. They say, actually, these days we're probably in the midst of what was considered to be the first novena, the nine days of prayer before Pentecost. Um, Jesus, on, at ascension, returned to his Father in heaven, and the community went back to Jerusalem to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And they spent nine days in prayer. So that's where I think the inspiration for our novenas comes from. Mm. So we come to the novena taking place in Limerick this year. Um, When is the novena and what's the theme, please? John, we begin on the 14th of June. On the 14th of June, run through until the 22nd of June. Um, We have 10 celebrations every day. We begin at 7 in the morning and we go on until 10.30 in the evening. And the theme this year is the saint next door uh, living the Beatitudes. We're going to reflect on the Beatitudes as St. Matthew describes them in his Gospel. 
and it's inspired by a letter of Pope Francis. Pope Francis wrote a letter which probably hasn't got enough attention about holiness, about how, how we're all called to be holy, how we're all called to be saints, how being a follower of Jesus means being a saint. So we're calling the novena, we're saying the theme is the saint next door living the Beatitudes. And you say, Father Seamus, that, 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 there's, that there's 10 novena times each day. So that's starting from 7 ten, in the ten morning. 10 times each day, 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning, 10, ten o'clock and 11, thir- at 30 in the morning, then uh, lunchtime at 10 past 1, and then 4.36, 7.39, and 10.30 in the evening. So there's a time there to suit everybody. And if people can't remember what I'm saying, and they'll find all the information on novena.ie. And of course, if you can't come to Limerick to the Novena, you can follow the Novena online because all of the Novena celebrations will be broadcast on novena.ie. We have quite a a worldwide congregation for the Novena now. People all over the the, the world um, click in and follow the Novena and join us in celebrating the Novena online. So it's wonderful to be able to use modern technology uh, as a means of evangelization. Just just looking at the times there, Father Shamus, from 7am to 10.30pm, you're really covering mm. all the bases for those people who might be working various shifts and working or not working. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd be hoping, John, that there's a time there that suits everybody. Um, the lunchtime celebration at 10 past one is a little bit shorter than the others, as is the seven in the morning, because people are going to work and they're under a bit more time pressure. Um but we, we try to cater for everybody and do our best to make it as easy as possible for people to come to the novena. Special celebrations on the afternoon. We have a children's novena on Sunday, the 16th of June at 4.30 in the afternoon. We have a blessing of babies. We don't have mass that time. On the 17th of June, which is the Monday at 11.30, and we've written to schools all over the city and county about this, we have a special celebration for children who've just celebrated their first Holy Communion. And then on the final day of the Novena, the 22nd, the Saturday at 11.30, we have our much-loved annual celebration of the Sacrament of the Sick during the Novena for the sick and the elderly and the infirm in the community. You can go to confession every day except Sunday. And the counselling service, we have a counselling service in Mount St. Alphonsus throughout the year, but during the nine days of the Novena, the counsellors move into a caravan in the car park, so it's a walk-in service. You don't need to make an appointment. You just turn up and wait your turn. One of the nicest things about the demeanour that I found myself, and I know you've mentioned it over the years since we've had a chat to you, everyone's welcome to come to the novena at Mount St. Alphonsus. You don't have yes, to be a, a daily mascot to go, for instance. No, no, everybody, everybody is welcome. Um, everybody, and all kinds of people do come um, to the Novena. I was try- and it's, I'm surprised always that people who come for the first time, uh, <clears throat> I was talking to a lady at the Novena last year. She lived in Limerick all her life, but she'd never been to the Novena. And last year, a friend of hers persuaded her to come on the first day. And she said she'd come because she didn't want to offend her friend. And to her own surprise, to her own great surprise, she came for the nine days. And I asked her on the last day of the novena when I was chatting with her, I said, how would you describe the novena? And she said to me, it was like a spiritual spa. 
She said, I feel I'm refreshed, I'm, I'm rejuvenated, I, my spiritual energy is back up again. I just feel that I'm ready to face the year. So I thought was, that image of the novena as being like a spiritual spa was, was, was a lovely image. Um, another one I quote, of course, is a man who said to me a couple of years back that the novena at the Fathers in Limerick was like the, it was like the monster final of religion. Very good, very good. Very <laughs> earthy images, really, but they capture something of what the novena is about, the, the crowds, the gathering, the atmosphere, the praying, the, the, the recharging of the spiritual batteries. And so really, that's why people come from all over, isn't it? I mean, from all ages, all, all stages of, uh, of work, of life, of young and old. Um, oh, yeah. And John, people come from far and near, really. I'm always surprised at the distances people travel. People come down from Dublin, not big numbers, but people do come from Dublin. People come up from Cork and down from Galway. And people come from all, mostly from all over North Munster. Limerick, North Kerry, North Cork, Tipperary, into Clare. I suppose if you were to think of a 50, 60 mile radius around Limerick, the majority of people come from within that radius. But people come from farther afield. And people come every day, of course, and people come some days. I met a lady about three years ago, and she was going nine times on the one day because she could only come one day and she wanted to do the nine day, nine novena celebration so she decided she would do her novena in a day perfect very good very good so <laughs> now that was quite a that was quite a heroic feat yes. i think to be I, there from seven o'clock in the morning until until nine o'clock in the evening with a short break in the middle of the day but that's what she did what god she bless did. her but you know the, the the thing that um people might ask is in this day and age when people are supposed to be turned off from God and turned off from religion, there is a novena that's held every year in in Limerick and other parts of Ireland too, but I know I'm speaking about Limerick here, and it's fairly full every single session from seven o'clock okay, seven o'clock you get a few seats, yes. but later on during the day you'll have I, a problem getting a seat oh yeah I think there's a spiritual hunger in people that the novena responds to. Um, people tell me as well nowadays, John, that um, I suppose Ireland can be a cold enough house for Catholics at times. Um, we wouldn't want to say we were being persecuted because we're not. But there can be a certain hostility. And people tell me that maybe in their families at work that they're the solitary Catholic or part of a small minority now and that they love the gathering, that you look around you and say, there are thousands of people here, there are young people here, there are old people here, there are people here from every background, and we're the church, we're the body of Christ, and you just get that great sense of belonging to something that's much bigger than yourself. And there's something in our Irish character, I think, isn't there, that loves gatherings. Like, we, we love festivals, we love going to... Uh, the Gaelic grounds and we love going to Thoman Park and we love Croke Park and we love a day at the races and we go to the, the Rose of Tralee so there's, I think the Novena is the spiritual equivalent of those kind of gatherings well, One of the comments that I get from uh, people who I meet at the Novena every year is the quality of preachers you, that you bring to that in terms of they're able to connect into the real story of people's yes. lives who do you have this year? I think the preachers, I suppose we choose the preachers carefully and the preachers work very hard at preparing. Um, 
I don't think you can preach a good homily without fairly solid preparatory work. And I know the the preachers this year have been um, preparing solidly for some time. And of course, as well as the Novena Limerick, of course, we have other novenas around the country. So some people would preach at a number of them. But I think this year we've assembled a, a good team of preachers. People will remember Father Adrian Egan, of course, he was the rector before me. And he's now a parish priest in Assumption Parish in Ballyfermot in Dublin. And he's coming back to preach for the Lawrence Gallagher. Lawrence is a member of the community in Limerick and a very well-respected parish missioner. Father Michael Kelleher was our provincial. He's a member of the community in Limerick now, and he's one of the chaplains in Limerick Prison. And of course, as well as celebrating the novena in Mount St. Alphonsus, we'll be celebrating the novena in the prison this year for the third year running. And then we have two lay people from the Redemptorist Parish Mission Team. We have Helena Connolly. And some people in Mount St. Alphonsus will remember Helena. She's been there for different things over the years. And then we have Neil Foley as well. So an interesting team of Redemptorists and lay people, because that's, that's the future of the church, really, partnership, collaboration, clergy and laity and religious and laity, women and men, all working together. Thank you very much, Nadia. Yeah, that, 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 that gives us a good appetite now for wetting our, our, our spiritual tongues uh, to, to be able to maybe visit uh, to Mount St. Sabah. So can you tell us the details again, Father? Yes. The novena, of course, begins on June the 14th and runs until June the 22nd. And we start at 7 in the morning. And roughly there's a session every hour and a half, except in the afternoon when we take a break, but 7, 8, 10 o'clock, 11.30, 1, 10, a shorter session, lunchtime session, 4.30, 6, 7.30, 9, 10.30, and then the children's novena, the blessing of babies on the 16th of June at 4.30, and the novena celebration for children who've made their, who's celebrating their first Holy Communion this year. And those are both lovely celebrations. Of course, the blessing of babies is rather boisterous, so we don't have Mass at that time. And it's lovely to fill the church um, with children who've just celebrated their First Holy Communion and schools schools all over Limerick City and County and into Clare and Tipperary bring their First Communion um, classes to that. So we've written to all the schools. Uh, many have replied. If there are teachers listening to me who'd like to bring their First Communion classes, um, they're more than welcome. They should just let us know at the monastery. And the theme Our again, parents might want to nudge teachers into bringing the first communion class. <laughs> nudge, nudge. And the theme again, Father Shamus? The theme, of course, is the saint next door living the Beatitudes, a reflection on St. Matthew's telling of the Beatitudes, and it's inspired by a letter of Pope Francis, um, Pope Francis's letter on holiness, encouraging all of us um, to become saints in, in our own way. And of course, for those of us who maybe mightn't be able to attend, it's available online too. And it's available online at novena.ie. And so we, we, we hope people will come into the monastery to join us. If not, we hope that people will think about joining us online. And if you've been before, I suppose my invitation is to come back. And if you've never been before, my invitation is to come once at least and sample it and see how, how, what the experience is like. Father Seamus Enright, Rector of Mount St. Abadis here in Rimmick, thank you so much for coming on, taking your time, uh, to taking time again to tell us all about the upcoming novena. 
And you picked a nice bit of music for us to go out this, this part of the programme. Yes, um, Bernadette Farrell, who's an English liturgical musician and social activist, social campaigner, sings this very beautiful song, um, God Beyond All Names. Father Seamus, thanks for that, and we look forward to meeting you at the Domina uh, in a week's time. Thanks, now. God, John, I look forward to seeing you there.
So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us. And again, for, thanks to Father Seamus Enright for sharing that information for us in regard to the novena that's taking place in Mount St. Alphonsus in Nermick, sat on the 14th of June. So now we come to the part of the programme where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, we'll ask Anne to share this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thank you, Anne. Lord, we thank you for pushing us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May your hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but we may give ourselves entirely to this listener. We ask this word in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Anne. So now the Gospel for today, for Pentecost Sunday, is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15 to 16, and also 23 to 26. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make a home with him. And those who do not love me do not keep my words, and my word is not my own. It's the word of the one who sent me. I have said these things to you while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all I have said to you. So that's the Gospel for today, Pentecost Sunday. Beautiful Gospel again, Lorraine. Beautiful, beautiful Gospel. It is indeed, John. Um, Again, it's from chapter 14 of John's Gospel. So again, these are the words that Jesus spoke to his apostles just before he died. So again, you know, they carry that extra weight of these are part of the final words of Jesus to his church through the apostles. So for us, when we're reflecting on them again, it's no harm to think of that. These are the words that Jesus wants to tell us. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Again, we, we touched on it a little bit last week. The measure of love is not whether we say we love somebody or not. I could say I love you, John, but if I kick you, that's not a sign of love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love and obedience or love and listening intently to God. They're both, um, they're the two sides of the same coin, if you like. Love and action. I shall ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. It is impossible to love as Jesus loves without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us, who guides us who promised us as we come to the end of it there, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. So how does the Holy Spirit teach us? 
Well, we receive the Holy Spirit at baptism and from that moment on, the Holy Spirit is present within us, leading us and guiding us. He will, if we pray to him, he will lead us in the right way. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and the Father will love him and we shall come to him and make our home in him. And of course, the Holy Spirit makes his home in us as well. So the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit make their home in us at baptism and remain with us forever, as it says earlier in the gospel, to be with you forever. Those who do not love me do not keep my words and my word is not my own. It is the word of the one who sent me. It is the Father's word. I have said these things to you while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. So I invite you this morning, wherever you are on your faith journey, to pray to the Holy Spirit, to ask him to lead us, to ask him to guide you in whatever way we need guiding The Holy Spirit's purpose is to teach us, to show us what it means to love God, to show us how we can live the commandments. He will also remind you of all I have said to you. There's a beautiful part in every Mass, which is called kind of the remembering, where we remember the marvellous deeds of God, the marvellous works that God has done. And in a sense, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us of the marvellous works that God has done in our life as well. So take a little bit of time this Pentecost Sunday and perhaps look back over your life and ask the Holy Spirit to help you in it and ask him to show you the way in which God has been working in your life. It will be a beautiful exercise. I promise you it'll be a beautiful exercise. Of course, in Hebrew, the same word is used of the Holy Spirit as that for wind and spirit. And just as the wind has in itself a goal, for example, a direction, we call it the north wind or the south wind, the same for the Spirit of God. The wind of God has in itself a goal or a project. The great promise of the Spirit becomes present in the prophet's the sight of the dry bones which become alive thanks to the force of the Spirit of God in Ezekiel, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit of God on all people, the vision of the Messiah, the servant who will be anointed by the Spirit to re-establish the right on earth and to proclaim the good news to the poor. So these are all the actions of the Holy Spirit and they're the same actions that the Holy Spirit has in our own lives. One of the things um, that I just want to touch on, it's not in this week's gospel, but there is an alternative gospel for today, which um, is John 20 verses 19 to 23. And it's just something we were talking about during the break, John, that sense of um, the Holy Spirit's action in confession. Receive the Holy Spirit for those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. We're told in John 20, verse 19, in the evening of the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them. And Jesus' first words are, peace be with you. And that peace is a great sign of the Holy Spirit. But if we don't feel that peace of Christ, that peace of the Holy Spirit, well, how can we go about getting that peace again? 
And we get that peace through the sacraments. And maybe if we haven't been to the Sacrament of Reconciliation for a while, we might consider it this week. Because that peace is a peace that is not of the world. It means an integrity of the person before God and others. It means a full life, a happy and abundant life which Jesus came to bring us. So if you're, you haven't been to confession in a while or the Sacrament of Reconciliation, ask the Holy Spirit to help you help you to come back to Jesus, help you to recognize those areas in your life which may need uh, amending. But most of all, most of all, help you to understand God's love for you, help you to feel God's love for you because he wants to be in full communion with you. Thanks for that, Lorraine. You gave me one or two little ideas there, which, which, you know, something to ponder about myself. I picked up something when I was reading one of the reflections there this week and it, it struck me. And it said, The power of the Holy Spirit which filled Jesus is now at work in the disciples and us because we're his disciples. Absolutely. Isn't that powerful? It's incredible. And I think the more we're aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more we open up to him, the more we pray to him, the more we will see the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. It's The Holy Spirit is a gift and we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or it might be more accurate to talk about the sevenfold gift of the Spirit to us, which is wisdom, understanding, right judgment, courage, knowledge, reverence, wonder and awe in God's presence. The more we use those gifts, the more we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, which again brings us back a little bit to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, the more we turn back to God and away from sin, the more we recognise how loved we are by God and entrust our lives to him, um, the more that we'll come to know the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In the second reading there today, it also mentions, Paul also mentions, he said, the Spirit of God has made his home in you, Mm. in us. That's more of it again now. How many of us think from time to time, we don't deserve this, no, the Holy Spirit wouldn't, couldn't come to me. And you see, that, that is, that's coming from the liar, John. That's yes. not coming from God. And, and we all suffer a little bit from that. We all mm. suffer from the, oh, God couldn't possibly love me because I've done too many bad things in my life. Or, mm. sure, look at me going into the Sacrament of Reconciliation again with the same sins, mm. every single month with the same sins. Yeah. How could God love me? Mm. God's love is not dependent on whether or not we are good. God's love for us is not dependent on us at all. God mm. created us out of love for love mm. and is with us every second of the way and he wants us to be with him forever. And he's giving us all the gifts that we can have. In fact, sometimes it's our spiritual pride in in, in, a, in a funny kind of way mm. where we're saying, oh God, I'm, I'm so bad that God couldn't possibly love me. And that doesn't sound like pride. It actually is. Mm. Mm. It is prideful not to accept God's love for you. It is prideful to say that you're too bad. In other words, I'm such a bad person that I'm more powerful than God's love and mercy. Mm. That's not what God wants. And it's not true anyway. It isn't true. That's coming from, as I said, the liar. From the other place. Yeah. We touched on this last week too, you know, making room for the Holy Spirit. Because how often do we run our lives without the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. And just I'll go back again, the power of that Holy Spirit, which was filled in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, people say, no, 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 this is for Jesus, he's, he's holy, he's, he's God. Mm-hmm. But he's available to us. 
Absolutely. And and what happened when Jesus received? Now, of course, yes. in one sense, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. was always with Jesus because yeah. he's part of the mm-hmm. Trinity. But when Jesus was baptized and he receives the Holy Spirit and, you know, God, the Father speaks the words, this is my son, the beloved and whom I'm well pleased. The next thing that happens to Jesus is he's led by the Spirit into the desert. So we will be led through testing times Um and it's it's not in the sense of testing us to trip us up. It's in the sense of helping us to let go of any attachments we might have that take us away from God or seeing who is at the centre of our lives or do we give the first place in our lives to God or to other things or even to people. That's a beautiful piece of music that I want to go out with and I'm just looking for the words there and I printed them out there a few minutes ago but I, but I, but I just they just come, don't come to me now at the moment. But a beautiful, a beautiful piece of music that we're going to play as we leave the programme uh, this week, which might help us to allow the Holy Spirit maybe to come, to encourage us, to guide us, as the Gospel says today, to remind us, to teach us everything. It's a beautiful piece of, a piece of music, Spirit of the Living God. So Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me or fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us all. Melt us, mould us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. So with that, we might have to finish off the programme. Beautiful programme again. Thanks again to Father Seamus Enright for coming to tell us about the novena that's taking place in St. Mount, Alphonsus Monastery in Limerick from the 14th to the 22nd of June. So now we'll have to go out with our final piece of music. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming in and, and again, encourages us all. Thanks a lot, Lorraine, for sharing that those beautiful thoughts there on the Holy Spirit and for Anne for sharing those prayers for us because I know there's people out there who love to hear those prayers each week. Thanks a lot, girls. So now our final piece of music is, as I said, it's, it's from Michael Crawford and this one is entitled Spirit of the Living God. So next week, Trinity Sunday, where we'll be joined by the Emmanuel community. God bless you all now. Bye.
Speak.